Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. So much of what we know and believe about God can become white noise when we're not actively believing God's promises. You know that? You can continue to play. That sounds great. Um, whenever we're not actively believing God's promises, you know what I mean? You can uh, else can be the rhetoric, all of the uh, doctrine, um, everything else can be just become white noise. You know, just something in the background. It's just something like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, but but here's my problem, and here's the answer. But no, I know, I get it, because theologically we know God. We know we have it all figured out. We know that He's there, and that He will. You know, He you know that that He's in control of our situations and our life, and that He's got a plan, and that. You know, you know, greater is he who is in us than he is who is in the world. We could go around the room. We could all quote a scripture. But whenever we're not actively believing, have you ever been there? Not necessarily to be cynical. Like, you know, some people do get cynical about scripture and the things of God, you know, because they, they become professionals at it instead of, and, and instead of someone who's just actively uh, got the faith of a child. Now we're professionals. We understand. We know all the theology, but we're not acting on it. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not penetrating heart deep. You ever been there? I know you have. I know you have. You don't have to be in this way very long before you start to garner all the right theological answers that are, that are just not penetrating the armor of your doubt or your hurt or your cynicism, right? There's a difference between uh, the simple transfer, download of knowledge, and faith. Amen? To really believe what we already know is true. You, you know the, the saying, you know, I, I don't believe my eyes. I can't believe my eyes whenever I, you see something incredible. You know, the mainstream media uh, basically asks you if you're going to believe your own lion eyes or what they say. You know, like, you know, I can't believe, you know, you're going to br- believe your own lion eyes. And because of conflicting reports and conflicting voices, we can, we can come to question what we know to be true, uh, you know, about God in our own lives. We can, we can begin to question what we know to be true about ourselves when truth is received, it really does change things, though. When it's really received, whenever you receive truth, because you can hear truth, uh, but, but that's not always the same thing as believing it. You know, latching on to that in faith and receiving that. And honestly, like, this is just a little bit on my heart. Um, I, I was talking to Brother Steve um, the other night. You know, we just had a bite to eat, and we talked for, for forever, probably way too long. You know, yeah, Sister Chelsea said for two hours, and that's probably every bit of the truth right there. Um, but, uh, we, you know, we were talking and, you know, just, you know, this and that and the other, talking about the Lord, talking about ministry, talking about good things, talking about bad things, you know, uh, like Ben Shapiro says, here's some things I love and some things I hate. And uh, so we talked about some things I loved and some things that I hated and, you know, some difficult things. And we just, uh, but then, you know, God kind of used, I don't even, and he probably didn't even realize this, uh, but he said something that I already knew and I just nodded my head along with him. Um, because someone else had already told me, as like five or six people you know, that, that I know had already told me, and that I already knew in the first place. But when he said it, and it's none of your business, because it was for me. I needed it. You didn't need it. I'm not going to beat you with the stick that I needed that, that corrected me. <laughs> no point in doing that. I needed it. And even though I knew it, 
whenever, whenever truth, um, you know, was latched onto, and some, something different happened whenever I received a word from a brother uh, who was on my side and, and for me, and received a word in season of truth. Um, have you ever been there? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Something that you know you know already, and you've been told a hundred times before, but somehow it just gets deep down in your spirit, and you choose to act on that word of truth, and 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 it becomes more than just a fact, or more than just knowledge. It becomes something to hold on to. It becomes something to drive you, something to chase away all the things that you're dealing with, and you begin to stand on the truth of that 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 godly thing, that word in season, and it's the word of God that 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 will re- that is where all truth is rooted in grounded in. Amen? It was just a word of truth. But my heart was ready for it. And I just reached out and I received it and it was life-giving. And I already knew it. That's probably why he didn't even think twice about saying it. But, but sometimes God will give you something. something he'll, he'll bring somebody by you. you. You ever seen a relay race before? You ever seen, like, you know, whether it's swimming or whether it's, you know, in track? Um, they're, they're always they're always a little more fun, you know. I remember what was it 2008 when uh, when uh, Phelps was you know, killing everybody. You know, he, he was uh, he got eight gold medals. He was just unstoppable. But in the relay race, it didn't matter because the one dude got in the pool after him, and he was just floundering. And then the old guy came at the very end and just reached out at the very last millisecond with a lunge, and then won USA the gold medal. And I was like, woo! It was awesome. Won it in Beijing, the relay. Now, whenever you talk about a relay, um, you know, we used, I, I ran a little bit of track, not real well, not real fast, but uh, you, you got to hand off the baton, right? And this, there's, there's something to what I'm saying. Whenever you uh, are running around and you miss the handoff, what you're doing makes no sense. It is pointless. It is purposeless because you miss the handoff. And that runner can run right by the other guy, or he can reach out and touch him. He can run and step with him. But until the handoff is made, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Like, you know, they're just running in circles. And that's the way the truth of God's word is in your life. If you, if you, if you hear it, but you're a hearer and not a doer of the word, you're not acting on what the word of God says, uh, then you've just been run by. You haven't had the handoff. You've heard the truth. Uh, just like I'd heard that thing that I needed to hear time and time again. And the funny thing is I'm deep enough in the word to where I knew it anyway. But whenever Brother Steve declared it, I said, you know what? I'm going to reach out and I'm going to believe that for my life, for my situation. I'm going to begin to operate out of what I know is true instead of believing a lie and operating out of a lie that I know better than. When you receive the truth, something can break loose in your life. John 8.32 says, will make you free. A little passage of scripture about being known by God. See, we can know so much and not truly be known, you know? And we can understand that God knows everything about us and everything that we're walking through, everything that's going on in our lives, but, but until we open up our hearts and our lives and, and allow and operate out of the fact that God knows and he cares about what you're going through, uh, it, it, you'll never get anywhere with him. Psalm 139, we're gonna, I'm gonna read this whole passage because it's good. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You have known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. 
For there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. And this is, this is not really like whenever you read the end of this passage of Scripture, then you start to see the, intimate, more, the more intimate part of what David is saying. Right now, he's just kind of relaying um, information. You know, he's not asking God to know him. He's just saying, you do. Because like, you're God. You know me. You've searched me, and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You got me on a time. Um, you understand my thoughts, and I recognize that you know that because you're God. That's what he's saying. Um, you're acquainted with all my ways. You know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. You know my, you know my problems. You know the weird stuff I do. You know the stuff that, you know, that nobody else knows about me. You know all those things. You know, you know it all, and I, and I recognize that. Got to give God you know, his, his due, right? You got to give it to him. Got to give it to you, God. You do know it all because you're God. You've hedged me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. And then there's a, there's a little bit of a shift in verse 6. And he's, instead of just admitting what God does know, which, good job, you know, David, like an omniscient, all-knowing God knows all the things. You know, that's okay, because he's God. But then something shifts in verse 6, and he begins to think about what that actually means. He begins to speak about what it means, the fact that God knows him. It's almost like, you know, he's, he's writing this out because he's going through a very difficult time while he's writing this. And he thinks about it, he says, wow, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? And it starts to sink down a little bit. What it means to be known by God. Not, not, what, not, not the fact that God knows everything. But what it means to be known in your brokenness, what it, what it means to be known in your pain, what it means to be known in the deepest parts of your heart, in your motivations. It's, it's, too, it's too wonderful for me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend unto heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, and even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day, and the darkness of light are both alike to you, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. I said, there's a difference between knowing and knowing very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You saw my substance being yet formed, unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts toward me. Now it's starting to really sink in. How much does it mean that God knows you? How much does it mean to you? Right? Not, not just what is your theological stance on the omniscience and all-knowing properties of God. What does it mean whenever we think about the fact that he knows? He knows. And I like the first, very first verse that we, that we read. He searched. 
He initiates that, that, that inward knowing, that knowledge of who we are. He cares. Then he actually starts to get angry at everybody else who doesn't like God. Which is a weird twist. But I love the way that David writes. Because he, you know, sometimes he'll start writing and he's almost a little bit irritated or he's discouraged. And by the time he gets through with it, you know, sometimes like we are, you know, maybe in a church service, we come in distracted or irritated and you know, we're just waiting for somebody. I wish somebody would, you know. Um, and then by the end of it, maybe God reaches out and, you know, and does a work in our hearts and begins to soften us. Sometimes David's writing is a little bit like that. He says, uh, How precious are your thoughts toward me, O God? How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they would be more in number, and then the sand, when I wake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. Oh, God, depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? You know, he's asking for like a little bit. You know, he's like, don't, I, I hate them, don't I? God, you know I do. Because they, they don't like you, and I do. And, and, and I just love you so much. And, 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 and you know, it's really, it is kind of like that. That is absolutely the vibe that I get because he starts out just kind of listing some, you know, some of the properties of God. And then he's like, yeah, but you, but you, you, you love me and you, you, you know me. And then, wow, that's pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's high. That's really high. That is high above me. That is, that is beyond. I do not get that. God, wow. I am, I am humbled. I'm humbled. You got your hand on me. Thank, thank you, God. And and, and, and no matter where I go, God, you're there and you care. And like you, 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 you chase me, you pursue me to the highest of heights and the lowest of depths. And you just you care about me and, and, and I care about you too. And, uh, and, and he starts to shift. And, he's like, and, and I hate everybody who hates you. It's so great. I love it. And do I not loathe them who rise up against you? I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them as my enemies. Man, he gets it wound up. You know, and in the very end, I don't. I just love the Bible, don't you? Yes. And I, I, I love to see like this, this, this happening. So then, the last two verses are great, Darian, because you see the total shift from where he started out. He started out listing just some of the omniscient attributes of God. It's like you know all the things because you are God, and you know about this, and you know about that, and you know what I do and you know why I do it and you know when I did it and you know all those things because you're God but by the time he's done with this psalm he says search me O God and know my heart that is a shift he goes from just a, a head knowledge of what God does know to an intimate desire to be known and to know God search me O God and know my heart try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Isn't that powerful? See, and I think that's what God would like for some of you tonight. And I think that's why he kind of just gave me that word. And, and um, because I know that you know, and you know that I know that you know at this point. But God wants to go a little deeper than just your theological understanding of who he is. He wants you to contemplate what it means to be known, to be searched, to be loved, to be known by him. The fact that he, that he wants to know 
Not just that it, he does because he's, he, it's, it's downloaded, you know, just he knows all the stuff. He, he wants to know. He cares and is moved. And I love the fact that it said uh, that you, you, try, you try me and know my anxieties, the things that, 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 I am, that I am concerned and fearful over, all of those things. God, God, inhabit those. Know those things about me. God, I'm not going to try to just pretend like it's all okay anymore. I'm not just going to act like everything is, is perfect in my life and that I know that you're perfect and I know your will is true and I'm just going to go over here and hurt in silence knowing that you're omniscient. No, God, get into these things. Here's my heart. Here's what I really think about that thing that's going on. Because, because here was the, here's the right answer and how I'm supposed to feel about it. But God, open up the doors and know how I really do feel. And I don't like that part of me, God, because it's not the right answer that I already am pre-programmed to know. But, but, but it's what it is. So God, know my fear, know my anxiety, know those things, and then expunge them. Because when he knows us, then he begins to operate us, then he can change those things. And David just thinks, God, I don't want to just pretend to know you. I don't want to just know you here, but God, I want to know and be known. That's deeper. It is so important to allow yourself to be known by God. Obviously, he's fully aware. He knows. But when he realizes, when David really thinks about it and realizes that God knows and loves him anyway, he welcomes the scrutiny. He wants to be known by a God like the God he has found him to be. He searched you and he knows you. He knows you're sitting down and you're rising up. He knows the ups and downs of your life. He does. He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows your path and the way that you take. The Word of God says he knows all your ways, your addictions, habits, shortcomings, strengths, and weaknesses. He knows the word of your tongue. You're hedged in in front and behind. You are known. And he has his hand upon you. Sometimes we don't let people in the house because it's messy. And when I say we, I do not mean myself. Not to point elbows or anything. I just got to itch. Sometimes we don't let people in the house because it's messy. And I get in trouble. You did not let them in here with the house looking like this. Tell me you did not. I did. I did. I did do it pretty much unequivocally. I did not care. I did not. It was fine. It was fine. It's fine. But that's how we can be so much spiritually, you know. We don't let people in the house because it's messy. We don't let God into our, uh, into our, we let him into our heart because then, you know, we had to get saved, but we don't let him into the compartments uh, where we're hurting and where, we, where we're embarrassed, even though that we know that he knows, we don't let him actively operate in those areas and, and, and operate from those areas. Let him in. Open up your life. Open up your heart. Because he's the only solution to all those problems. Be, no, there is something so 
so powerful about being known by God, truly known, and, and coming to grips with the fact that he loves you, that he cares about you, that, that, that you know, in, in your weakness, he can be strong in you. He can operate out of your weakness. Amen. Yeah, that was, that was a, supposed to be more of a Bible study format, but I just really, uh, I just really want to encourage you to allow God to be known, to really know Him, to, to consider. And that you know how you do it? You consider who He is. Because so, you know, we like everything packaged. You know, we like everything, you know, very, you know, we like it, it canned. You know, we want it to be um, just in its perfect place. We don't like it to be messy. We don't like it to be overly emotional. We want it to just be, um, you know, predictable. But whenever you begin to think about the goodness of God, what he's brought you through, what he has done, who he is, how much he really does love you, and what does that even mean to be loved by the God of the universe? What does that mean? I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, what does that mean to be loved by God? And you just sit there and you chew on that for just a few minutes and you're like, wow, 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 that's a big deal. That's, if, if you don't want to mess with that for very long, right? You don't want to think about that for too long because that will wreck you. That will change everything about your process and about your priorities in life, about, you know, what comes, you know, first and about, ooh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't OD on that because that will, that will mess up your pretty little life. Amen? Don't overdose on the fact that he is God and he cares about you and he loves you and he wants to inhabit every part of your life. Keep that on the shelf between the Bible and the, and, the, and, you know, and the other book. You know, just don't think too long about that because it really will change you. Obviously, I am being facetious is the word. Because whenever you begin to think about God and who he really is and what it costs for him to know you, do you know how expensive that introduction was for a perfect and holy God to know you and your sin? In my sin, the blood of Jesus was the price paid, the price demanded. And you think about that and you're like, man, am I getting the most out of this that I really ought to? Be known by God in your, in your strengths and your weaknesses and your ups and downs in all your ways. Open up, open up the gates and be known by God.